What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Mike with Sean from the Calm Boogies podcast. We are live here on YouTube and Twitch for episode 119. Like always, we are brought to you by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Today, July 7th, 2021 is New Comic Book Day. Go out there, get your stack, uh, start your pull list with Alex. He can get you. He can get your books old and new any way you want them, curbside, mailed, or you can walk in with or without a mask. But uh, Sean, uh, Mark is still in Mexico. Uh, doing his thing so you know salute to him we'll see him next week but we still have three people on this show this week and three people also it's his third time on this show promoting a brand new book it's we already read it it's an amazing book he's we're gonna let him get into it but frank martin how are you sir all the way from the east coast from new york it's great to have you on again east side (laughs) grand introduction (laughs) what's up guys shoot nothing much we're just uh we're just living the dream you know um shoot first thing i want to get into was i mean we haven't talked to you since october so with what we talked about i mean we've kind of went through a whole pandemic together too you know we we talked to you at the beginning during the middle in october and now we've come to the point where people are especially the our two states new york and california who are the most you know two of the most conservative you know strict states when it was came to the beginning of the pandemic and now people are being vaccinated People are getting to somewhat normal lives. How has your life changed since October? You know, New York is very weird right now because I think the state is like 80 percent vaccinated. It's like really high compared to like Arkansas, which is like 30 percent vaccinated. (laughs) So everything is really getting back to normal. But then I see on the news places like Australia are going into lockdown. So it's like all these places... In, in April and in May of last year, when New York was going crazy and everywhere else was tightening up, it was it's been it's become the reverse. So we're kind of we're all vaccinated. Everybody's getting back to normal. Things just seem as normal as they can be. And I look on the news and other places are kind of really being affected that aren't getting vaccinated as fast. So it's it's been this little twist that's that's been kind of strange to watch. Yeah. And with the comic book scene, you being obviously a comic book writer, things are getting better. Have things, I guess, opened up for you or has it been kind of like, you know, COVID? It was what it kind of was, kind of kept everyone indoors, maybe more thoughts in your head to write new books. Things are opening up again. Do you see, I guess, new opportunities now starting to open up or is it kind of been still a little stagnant because it's still slowly opening up? I think on the publishing side of thing, publishers are starting to open up their slate because everything was backed up because nobody was really putting out books. And now they're starting to open up as far as accepting new submissions. I think Comic-Cons are opening up more. Everybody's talking about New York Comic-Con because they just sent out uh, Artist Alley acceptance letters and stuff like that. Started uh, started approving pro badges and such. I'm not going to be going this year. But I see people going and they're hopeful and optimistic. San Diego Comic-Con is another story. I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, I I think, you know, how it's always in the summertime. I think they have something of an outdoor event or something going on, I I believe, in November. I think it's Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, it's kind of a weird time. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I I looked online and these the one that we did let um, what was it, Sean, the podcast Palooza where we won this contest where we did like a half an hour. Yeah, Silicon Valley podcast Comic Con. Yeah, Yeah, so downtown San Jose, they're doing it again uh, late August. So and you could there's all these, uh, you know, applications for if you want to be on the floor in the in the main hall or if you just want to be part of like the press you know, small, I think it's just like the artist writers and it's like a small little thing where it's cheaper. You get like a small booth. That's probably where, where we would be. Cause it's like $4,000 to get yourself your own Island booth on the main hall. So yeah, no thanks. But I mean, uh, yeah, we're thinking about going back to cons, especially the smaller ones where there's not going to be as many people there, you know, all these ones that are going to be at the, you know, uh, fairgrounds and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's, it's going to be pretty crazy to see how many people they actually let in too. So you spend all that money, which was the same price as last year. It'll be the same price next year, but this year there won't be half as many people maybe as there was two years ago. So I'm not sure. So 2020 was going to be my, my big convention year because I, I haven't been doing conventions mainly because it's just tough for me. My wife works. we got three kids. It's tough 
getting away and, and organizing that. And my, it was like 2020, that's going to be my year. I did one in January and I had one for April and then it just it went away. So the one I had scheduled in April, they pushed it back to Labor Day, which was like September. And then obviously said, that's not happening. So then they deferred it to this April. And like the week before it was supposed to happen, they said, obviously, we're not doing it. But they didn't reschedule it. They just kind of indefinitely postponed it. So they they said, um, we're not refunding anybody. We'll just let you know when we're going to have it, which is kind of strange. But uh, I'm looking forward to it whenever that may be. And because I got a bunch of books and I want to sell them. Yeah, they uh, they delayed that uh, convention as many times as they delayed Black Widow. It's crazy. <laughs> that's definitely that's coming out Friday. So that's uh, I'm in the dilemma. I don't know if I want to pay for it to, to watch it. I'm kind of like I want to, but I don't want to because it's going to be free eventually. They're going to put it on there. So mm-hmm. I'm going to end up buying it. I don't, I don't know who I'm kidding. So, yeah, I know. Right. I told my wife, I was like, let's go. Let's go to the movie. And she's like, yeah, maybe. But either way, I'm, we're watching it this weekend. We're definitely <laughs> like, going to be watching Regardless it. if we're going to go to the theater or not. I mean, I like the theater, but it's – it's. so I could either go with my wife on, like, a date, but then we have to get a babysitter. Or I could take my kids, but then i got to buy, like, three tickets. <laughs> and then the parking. So by the time it's all said and done, it's, like, a $150 affair as opposed uh, to sitting yeah. on my couch and watching for 30 bucks. Yeah. We've been fortunate to obviously interview a whole bunch of different comic book writers, and it's true that there's been kind of the common theme of the negative impact that COVID had. But for you, I mean, seeing what you're saying, you know, you had a lot of books that, you know, you had come to mind. You probably wrote, obviously, you know, the new book we had the fortunate uh, opportunity to see. What would you say is probably was the biggest, like, setback? Now you're kind of looking back at when COVID was at its ultimate peak. Biggest setback was having the kids home. It kind of it threw schedules for a loop, you know, when everything's normal, you have your schedule, you get kids ready, you send them off and then you go do your thing and then you pick them up and then you kind of sit. It made sense. You know, everything was organized. And once everything is canceled, it's just chaos at home. And my kids, at least my oldest, didn't do well with remote learning. So it's like I got I can't do everything around the house because I have to make sure this damn kid uh, start when he's when they sent him to his. His educational YouTube video, he doesn't look at all the Minecraft recommendations that are along the side. <laughs> like, the first place you can send a kid to do online learning is YouTube. So, um, so yeah, but it was, it was just, I was writing the same amount, but the times I would write would be different because it was just, it, it was, you never knew when you were going to have a, a free moment. But my wife was home too because she wasn't working. So it was kind of like, it was a little bit of a help, but it was, uh, it was weird. It's definitely yeah. weird. So let's get into uh, let's do it. Let's get into it. Polar Paradox. So the sure. Kickstarter, the Kickstarter for Polar Paradox, uh, absolutely killed. I think it was uh, over double the amount of money that you wanted to raise. Yeah, right I, around double. I did not expect to have a, a very good last day, as as good of a last day as we did. So we, right. uh, I went, I was going for twenty eight hundred. We wound it wound up at like fifty seven. And uh, and we topped that at, at over 300 backers, so that was kind of a pleasant surprise. Yeah, um, amazing, amazing job. Um, so now, so let's so let's get into hmm, let's get let's get into the actual like like the book because you sent us the the two issues. It's an amazing story. Um, I don't know if I can speak for Sean or for Mark, but for me personally, the stuff that we've read from you over the last two years, I think it's my favorite uh, story. Uh, just the the mystery, the sci-fi, the uh, little bit of action that there was, and of course the epilogue was like okay, you know. Here, here comes round two, you know, like, what is this? This is all part of this, some big conspiracy, you know, that's what I'm thinking about. So um, what was your, I guess, you know, what made you want to write something like this? It was something so different than what we've read in the past. So I met Antonio, who's my co-creator at a local con. I was tabling, he was just walking around. And he said, I'm an artist. And we exchanged emails and we were chatting back and forth to see if we could hook up on the project. And he said, what do you want to do? He said, sci-fi. So I threw out some pitches to him, and one of them was was Polar Paradox. And this idea essentially came from National Geographic. I'm a huge National Geographic guy. I read it every single every single month. 
And uh, a couple of years ago, there was a story about divers who dove in an uncharted waters off the coast of Antarctica. And they took a whole bunch of pictures. And like, this is a perfect setting for a story, for a comic story. So uh, essentially just did the, the what if, what if these scientists went missing down there? And then that's kind of how the story developed. And he loved it. And he immediately went into the suits and the submarines and the, the creatures down there coming up with designs. And the, the story just kind of it was it was a natural progression of the story growth, you know, developing it. It was just we didn't really fight over much. We didn't feel like we struggled a lot developing the plot. So it, it all came together pretty fluidly. Nice. Well, like said, I definitely agree with everything he just said in terms of this being easily the best read. We've read some of your books. We loved them. But this one was definitely top of the food chain. I loved it so, so much. And that's not just because you're on, brother. It was awesome. It was I love the colors in it. I love the epilogue. Mm -hmm. I love just the dialogue between the characters. So I guess in a story like this, you have, you know, your three kind of members of the rescue crew. And like that dialogue between the three of them, the dynamics is, oh, it's so creative to me. How do you, I guess, how does that come to mind? You just kind of like, how do you basically create personalities for each one of these different characters? I tried to do the, like the team tropes there. You know, you have the, the leader guy, and then you have the, yes. the emotional heart of the team. And then you have the, the sarcastic goofball. You know, I just I played into the stereotypes. And, and it's, it's fun when you just have characters and you throw them in a scene. And that's why I write dialogue first. You know, a lot of people, they want to plot everything out. For me, when you have characters that are in a scene and you're working it out, I just the dialogue just flows. And then you worry about breaking it up into panels later. You know, you just let the scene play out. Let the characters talk amongst themselves in a way and um yeah it came pretty natural as far as their banter and, and what needed to be done i mean i just love i mean the first couple pages is grab you you know it's you know someone's on the radio like omar like i you know I, i'm down here i well, you know it's been three hours you're only supposed to go down there for one like i need to pull you back up let's go and they're like no like i can't this is unbelievable and then you know just and then you don't know what happens to oh my god i forgot his name javier like you don't know is he really going insane is he is he have that that uh, cabin fever s sort of thing and um i, I just love the action too because you didn't think that i didn't think besides the creatures you know attacking the the rescuer ship i didn't think there was gonna be much else besides that but you know the harpoon going into the ceiling it collapsing and them having to just run and you know you you think that what's his name um you or woo or what he's dead and then you hear him at the end, at the very end of the story. It's like it's crazy. And then of course the um, the the mind blowing of them just going down like this, just this little tunnel. Like it probably felt like he was going maybe maybe a hundred yards, and then they end up in the North Pole. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. It was so. Uh, I you guys said the last time we talked was the Macabre Motel, and mm -hmm. that kind of the I kind of call that my Are You Afraid of the Dark ending? Like it ends on like a whoa, and then just kind of ends. Yeah. So uh, I the original script of the Polar Paradox did not have that epilogue. It kind of had a similar Mokab Motel ending where it's just kind of like, what? What happened? And that was going <laughs> to be it. And I didn't really like it for this story. You know, I wanted more solid ground. So I needed a follow up. And and so I was talking to Antonio. About, I put in that epilogue, which would segue into the follow up. And I said, do you want to do a sequel? And he said, ah, I don't know, maybe, I'm not sure. And then we did the first campaign for part one and it was successful. And he said, sure, we're going to do, we'll do the sequel. So uh, I'm excited that that epilogue will eventually answer some questions as we do another part two that we're working on right now and hopefully get a, a launch for that next year. Nice. Oh, we can't wait for that one. You know what? Well, you actually just answered my next question because there has to be a part two after that part one. I'm with Mike on it. There's so many like, okay, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? So mm -hmm. part two, we are super, super excited for. So I guess speaking of that, I guess jumping on the whole part two, you're going to create a part two for something. How, I guess not how long is the process, but I guess for you as a comic book writer, how hard is it for you to kind of like, okay, I got to make sure it's not just A plus B equals C, just so basic. Like, how do you basically come up with your thoughts for a part two to make sure it kind of reaches the standard of a part one? So for this one, it's it's a little easier than normal because it's 
the way the polar paradox came about was a little bit formulaic. You know, you have two, um, you have two parts to it. You have the first part, which is essentially the adventure side of things, where you're in the water and they're coming up with the animals, and they it's the it's the 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 polar side of things. And the second part was the paradox, where we get into the mystery and get mm-hmm. a little sci-fi-ish. And I essentially used that formula to develop a sequel. So it's going to be the same formula where the first part is going to be adventure, second part sci-fi. It's just going to take place in a different locale with a different mystery. So, but it it follows the same story. So, um, it's called Equator's End. Polar Paradox Equator's End is going to be the title. And it, instead of deep sea diving in Antarctica, they're going to be um, cave diving in uh, the Philippines. So it's nice, different, different kind of kind of National Geographic adventure adventure story. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, um, uh, like I said before, congrats on the success for the Kickstarter. Um, but now you have another campaign running for the same book. This is the first time you've done it. So explain this uh, Indiegogo. All right. So, yeah, kid, two big crowdfunding platforms are Kickstarter and Indiegogo. I pr- I've always been Kickstarter. Um, but people like to run an Indiegogo or for the same campaign or they do an Indiegogo first and then a Kickstarter. And the thought behind that is – Sometimes people just like to stay on one platform. Sometimes uh, you might, somebody might miss it and they want to back it, so they might run a subsequent uh, campaign. I've never done one before. This is my first one. I launched it today, and it's just essentially like a little post campaign so that people can grab the book if they missed it the first time around or if they they're not on kickstarter and exposed to it they can grab it so um some of the stuff is not on there for instance some of the variant covers are kickstarter exclusive i have uh, some of the bigger tiers i've kind of pulled back on so it's a little bit of a, a contained campaign but it's it's something new something different and i'll see how it goes and whether or not i want to do it for a next book is indiegogo the same as Kickstarter to where you have to reach a certain goal or it just like, or, or it's like an all or nothing thing. It's different. So you have the choice. You could either have a fixed goal, meaning it's all or nothing or a flexible goal, which means if you don't reach the goal, you still get everything. Okay. And, and Indiegogo is a little bit different. I'm not as familiar with it as I am with Kickstarter. Um, I know it's a little bit more fluid with its, with its add on features as far as people selecting extra perks, they call them perks, not not like pledges or rewards. And also another big difference is they charge your card right away. It's as opposed to Kickstarter, which waits until the campaign is over and then they try to charge your card. Uh, so okay. Process is a little different. Well, shoot. Uh, count me in as an individual who jumped on Indiegogo because I did miss that. Like I told you before we started recording, I missed the opportunity to jump on the Kickstarter, but I'm definitely going to get a hard uh, copy of that book. I wish I could tilt my whole computer screen, <laughs> but I have Modern Godhood up there in my little, um, you know, uh, my, you know, my mural. Like, yeah, my, my shrine of all my graded copies and all the stuff that we've gotten from, you know, um, small-time publishers and independent uh writers so that's awesome you know we're it's cool too because we like having these relationships with you know obviously it's going to take years and years and followers and whatever the hell to have any kind of relationship with someone like tom king or scott snyder or brian michael bendis but it's 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 really fun and I, i think it's more rewarding to have the relationships with you know uh yourself and and Jason Douglas and other guys like that, because it's just more, you know, you, I, th- I feel that we can get along better because you're just more down to earth and you're, you know, it's more relatable to, to me and you. I've heard that comic book writers in general are kind of like that, you know, they're more down to earth or not like, you know, Hollywood's, you know, movie stars. But I don't know, like doing this podcast so far for like a two and a half years, I really, really enjoy the relationships that we've that we've, um, you know, crafted, out of, you know, from you and other guys, you know. Writing novels and comics allows me to see both worlds. And although there's gatekeeping in both where it's very difficult to, to rise the ladders and ex- get a ex- bit better exposure, I find that comic writers and just the comic community in general, the, the pros and the people that are a lot of successful 
are much more approachable than people in the novel community. You know, you, you go up to a big time author, it's very difficult to get them to, to open up and to talk and to sit down. They're always in a rush. They always got something else to do. Whereas uh, comic creators, I reached out to a bunch of big name guys and uh, they'll chat with you. They'll exchange emails, they'll exchange messages, even had coffee with a couple of them. So it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a lot more accessible because they, I think they feel the struggle a lot more than a, than a writer that broke it big, or I should say a, a novelist that broke it big. You know, comic, comic cons are, are a way to level the playing field a little bit where you can approach somebody like Tom King and, and chat about your career and he has no problem opening up with it. So it's, um, it's definitely a friendly community. Yeah. Well, post-COVID, as a lot of authors are definitely having their books come out, you, not just as a writer, but you as a reader, is there anything that you know, you're know you reading right now or something that you've read, like, oh, damn, that was pretty damn good, maybe during COVID or post-COVID, per se? You know what? I was – Marvel did that thing on their, on their Unlimited app where they just put tons of books for free on there. So mm-hmm. during, like, really strict lockdown, like a year ago, I would just – I would blow through a whole bunch of stuff. That I've never read. Like I never read the classic Amazing Spider-Man runs, like one through twelve, the original with all the first appearances. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was it was kind of cool to to do that. I also I'm a big library guy. I love taking books out of the library. So I just got done with um, Brian Vaughn. I love his stuff. I just read his entire Paper Girls series. In the they just I think Amazon just picked it up for a show. So it was it was cool. Oh, nice. that too and and seeing what they're going to do with that but yeah is there was no shortage of stuff to read during that time yeah so sh- shifting gears we have you know your book we have comic books and then we have of course like everyone knows the sports side and something small <laughs> happened you know it's not that big of a deal i think we can talk about it for like 30 seconds and you know just we'll, we'll on, give them but, 35 seconds you know <laughs> but we talked to you mid-october last year and the that's the middle of the nfl season and your damn tampa bay buccaneers win the freaking super bowl you damn cheaters getting tom brady and then oh not to mention you guys return all 22 starters for this upcoming season so the next time we talk to you or the next two times i think we may have a back-to-back champ i don't know you know it was funny because when we talked in october it looked like they were going to have a rough season i I think i called tom brady a dumb pirate because he he, (laughs) oh yeah he called the flame under him yeah well he did he um it was the final drive of the game, and he didn't realize it was fourth down. He thought it was third down, and he yeah. That was a Chicago game. I remember that. Like, <laughs> and then uh, they they caught their stride, and then they kept on winning. And it was it was it, they were in the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. It was kind of it was it was uh, yeah. Just it leave it to Tom and leave it to Tom to be the first person to ever do that. You know, host the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah. Like it's it's pretty weird. A week or two after you were on, it was like they hit their stride, and we kept saying like, "Watch out, they're looking dangerous." Like they're hitting that. It's that point in the season where some of the hotter teams that you would say in the beginning of the season, ah, no, no, not them. But the hotter team definitely went there. You know, they might not have been the best team overall the whole season, but wow, the last two months of the season they were unstoppable. They they definitely hit their stride to the point where Tom Brady does that thing where he just calls hike. Takes one step back and just launches the ball, and they connect perfectly. They 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 were missing that timing at the beginning of the season, you know. So they they must have worked really hard in between the weeks to to get that down. It was they would the Super Bowl wasn't even close. Everybody thought it was going to be a lot closer than it was. Yeah. Well, between I guess getting that connection with the players and to what Mike just said, getting all 22 starters back, I guess is it kind of fair to say that you guys are going to be probably repeating in your opinion what's the expectation <laughs> you know it, it's been a long time uh waiting for a bucks win so i'm not i'm not counting my chickens on it <laughs> um, well, not too, well not too long you, i mean you guys won in the 2000s so, you know you know you know i wanted to i wanted them to grab julian edelman too that would have been kind of a little bit nice of a trifecta but he said he's he's not he is not interested so He's not pulling a Gronk where he's like, oh, I'm retiring. And then, and then, oh, hey, Tom. Oh, hey, you're done in Florida? Okay, cool. I love that. Um, I don't know. They came out with this like two days after the Super Bowl. They had that AT&T commercial. Did you see it with him and Gronk? Oh, when they're on the phone? Is that when they're, they're on the phone? 
phone and Gronk just retired and Tom Brady's like, what should I do when the phone's cutting out? Yeah. He's, he's mm-hmm. telling him to go to the beach and then instead he, he signs with the Bucks and he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a good commercial. That was really funny. I thought that was hilarious. Um, but anything else? You watching any, any NBA finals? Uh, I just got a little ping on my phone that the Tampa Bay Lightning, Lightning. have just won the Stanley Cup. So I, I would – assume that you're not a Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Lightning fan, but uh, any no. baseball, any NBA finals, it's kind of a weird um, um, NBA finals this year. You would think that the ratings would be down because it's like really small markets in Phoenix and Milwaukee. But yeah, what else in sports have you been watching if you have the time? Uh, I mean, I haven't been watching a whole lot of stuff. I'm a Yankees fan, so I get Yankees up. I don't watch the games, but I get updates on my phone about how they're doing which is kind of – it's weird. They're going on losing streaks, but then they, they've turned like three triple plays this season. So it's – Against one the A's. to win one the game against the A's, yeah. Yeah, one, one to end the game against the A's a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so it's it's been it's been kind of a weird season for the Yankees. Uh, and then I saw, I saw this one play. It was on the news. Like the news never does anything with baseball unless it's something wild where uh, you probably, probably know better than I do. With a guy, he – he hit the ground ball. To, he hit a ground ball. He ran to first, and it was a wild throw. And the first baseman tried to tag him, and he started running back towards home. Did you see this play? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Did it? Yes, I did see it. Or it was kind of like a just a doof play, right? I, well, I would he, think Javi Baez was that who it was? Maybe, maybe. I, I think so. So it was. He ran. He ran back home, and the first baseman, like an idiot, instead of stepping on the bag decides to chase after him and there's a runner on second so he's That's going home. and then he throws it to to home he's safe that runner of course then the, there's nobody covering first so the catcher tries to throw it to the second baseman he goes into the outfield and oh, the guy yeah runs all mm. the second and my son's playing little league and he's getting kind of discouraged because it's it's boring he's still little so they, they it's not really like very engaging and i see <laughs> Even every once in a while, the major leaguers look like little leaguers, you know? Yep. Well, bad news bears out there. Yeah. It was one of those plays where it's just, you're scratching your head, like, how much do you get paid to do this? Like, (laughs) (laughs) exactly, exactly. Um, But just to to finish it out, kind of going back to like the entertainment side, anything you've been watching? I mean, because the Disney Plus, um, I don't have a lot of time to finish like. me and Sean watch some of the CW shows like the the Flash and uh, Black Lightning and stuff like that. But I have caught up with all of the Disney Plus Marvel shows. That's like me and my wife have like a thing where every week we watch, you know, WandaVision, Falcon Winter Soldier. And now we're on Loki. Obviously didn't watch today's new episode. But anything like that uh, that you've been watching on TV or movies? I watch a lot of TV. I love the DVR because it records everything. If you kind of Best thing ever. So, yeah, I think the, the – the, the Marvel shows are definitely better than the the CW shows, but I watched them all too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just mentioned Black Lightning. I watched the the finale of that. That was like an awful finale. I don't know why. Yeah. I'm like, I have like a list of my shows and like like where I am in the shows. So I'm like in May uh, <laughs> as far as the episodes. So I'm like super far behind, but. Uh, like, I haven't even started Legends of Tomorrow. That's how far behind I am. I think that first episode of the season was, like, May 2nd. So I'm f- so far behind. It's also a weird season because we're in July, and I was just watching a new episode of The Flash that aired yesterday. So it's like mm-hmm. shows are supposed to be over now. You're not supposed to be watching. It's supposed to be in the summer. All the summer shows are coming on, but everything's pushed back. So it's kind of it's kind of bizarre. Yeah, and then and then I see if you go on like those websites like like IMDb and you go to your shows, you go to like the next season like The Flash, and I think episode one's still slated for like the fall, and you know the next season's not pushed back. So yeah, I have some damn shows to watch. <laughs> I gotta catch yeah. up. I th- I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised that Superman and Lois has been a really good show. That's that, a very good show. I agree. I like that show. Yeah, it's good. I've watched the first four or five episodes. Thoroughly enjoying that one. I've never been a Superman. Like guy, like I watch Superman stuff. I enjoy it. I read and my, but that's been the first show that I really. I everyone says who's your favorite Superman, but he's. I think Tyler Hoechlin's been my my favorite Superman because he's he feels super relatable to me. I don't know. I yeah. Henry Cav, uh, Cavill and and Brandon Routh. They never really connected with them in Superman, but he's. I I think he's doing an amazing job. I think me and Sean's Superman is Tom Welling, Smallville. 
I mean, I, I mean, really Smallville, so I'm a I'm a Smallville rookie. I haven't really I gotta um, get into it. It's daunting because there's like 12 seasons, so I'm like yeah. I, I watch it, but I don't. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's really good because it started in 2001, and that's when we were freshmen in high school, and so was he. So we like literally grew up with the show. So like right when it started, I started watching it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, that's probably my Superman right now. And apparently he's making an animated series. I don't know if he's retelling the stories of Smallville or continuing the stories, but Michael Rosenbaum is going to be Lex. So hopefully we get that in the next year or two. That should be interesting, too. I have a I have a buddy who's a big Superman fan, and he loves Smallville, too. And he said he was very disappointed that they did um, the Crisis crossover, that he was in it. They said he did his, his character wrong there, that they shouldn't have included him. It didn't make much sense. So it Yeah. Didn't. Yeah, he was. Yeah, it was pointless. Exactly. He wasn't really Superman. He was all Clark. You you felt like he had given up being Superman, you know, fully for sure. I will say that I will say this, though. CW has been kind of eh, but the HBO Max shows thoroughly enjoy. Love Doom Patrol, love Titans. I love the one and only season of Swamp Thing and even um, the Harley Quinn cartoons. Pretty, pretty funny. I've watched like the first uh, three quarters of the first season. That that one's pretty good too. I I watched them all. Uh, I love them all too. I Swamp Thing I particularly liked. Harley Quinn was hilarious. My kids would come in. They're like, "Oh, Daddy, you're watching a cartoon." I'm like, "You need to get out. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> you, need yeah. to, you need to leave." <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, they've been doing. But there's I I feel like the network itself is struggling. Like HBO Max. Like they canceled Swamp Thing. That was a terrible decision. They canceled Harley Quinn. Uh, so, but I'm looking forward to the new seasons of Doom Patrol and Titans. Yeah, I mean, Swamp Thing had that whole accounting mishap where they didn't have 13 million dollars they did have, and that was even before it got to HBO Max. So that was like a whole DC universe. That was the whole debacle. There some, yeah, there was shenanigans going on there. I I, I think there was like some uh, some executive at Warner Brothers probably didn't like the way the show was produced or didn't like the what the direction they were going in. So they yeah. can't even though uh, it became a hit. So Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, pretty much it. Uh, Frank Martin, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. Please uh, give everyone who's listening right now uh, like where they can find you on social media, and please give a, um, either a short synopsis or something that we missed as far as your new great story, Polar Paradox. Oh, I'm, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at FrankTheWriter. That's me, uh, FrankTheWriter.com is is my website and obviously if you go to indiegogo and search polar paradox it will it will come up uh the story is is pretty simple uh in the near future a team of of research scientists goes missing off the coast of antarctica and a a trio of rescue divers have to go in after them and it turns into a complete adventure mystery to the center of the earth so it's a it's a fun kind of like lost in space fantastic for adventure vibe so you like that check it out all right. Well, hope to have you on soon for an interview for part two of Polar Paradox, which is going to be called the Equator. Equator's End. Equator's End. So can't wait for that. But uh, me and Sean will be right back with part two of the podcast. But Frank Martin, thank you so much for joining us. We will see you soon. Thanks, Frank. Thanks for having me, guys. Myself, Mike, and Sean of the Comic Boogies podcast will be back after this short break for more sports and comics entertainment. Stay tuned. And welcome back, fans, to the Comic Bookies podcast. Remember, like every week, we are brought to you by Treasure Island Comics in Fremont, California. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the Comic Bookies. Email us, thecomicbookies at gmail.com. And please, please subscribe and follow our Twitch and YouTube channels for all of our videos, our shorts, our live streams. Uh, speaking of our YouTube uh, videos, the most recent one, Sean, uh, congrats. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead and let you unveil the gender of your baby that's coming in the early December. But uh, congrats, bro. 
Thank you. I appreciate it, brother. A very, very nice video that you uh, were able to create and put on the page. I think we're up to like 25 to 30 views. But hey, definitely appreciate it, brother. A beautiful, beautiful time with all the loved ones, friends, family. So if anyone does not know, Marissa and I will be having a baby boy, Case and John Sagato Powers. So we're very, very excited. You guys might see a little bit of excitement in that video from myself <laughs> and, of course, my <laughs> wife and the family. But, no, nah, man, it was a beautiful day. Nice, dude. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was actually a really fun time. Um, beautiful weather, too. Not like hot-ass Tracy, you know. It was, it was like a little bit of a breeze, so it kept it cool, you know, with, you know, just sitting out in the sun. But it was a great kickoff to the uh, 4th of July weekend. Uh, 4th of July itself was fun. I spent my most of my day down in San Jose and then came home to a, a war zone. Thought that I came down either to the Magic Kingdom <laughs> in Disney World or Baghdad, Iraq. One of the two. Don't know. It's very expected, though. I mean, I mean, even leading into Fourth of July, it seems like every night we record, it was the war zone in Tracy. So I'm sure I'm you got the pure apocalypse on actual Fourth of July. Yeah. Luckily, the kids were like asleep in the truck. And then we had really good success, like just transferring them to the truck to the bed. And so they stayed asleep for the most part throughout the night when all of the, you know, bangs and booms were happening right behind our backyard. But, um, yeah, not too bad of a, a of a holiday. Uh, it was nice to get that extra day off, too, on Monday, you know, like celebrate a big day, come home late and sleep in a little bit. You know, I didn't have to wake up the very next day to go to work. So that was pretty nice. Um, for those of you watching on YouTube and Twitch right now, um, say hello to the third member of our crew this week, uh, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, we'll be, you know, previewing that movie real quick. But Sean, um, I wanted to come back and get my, mostly into sports um, this week after we talked comics pretty much with Frank Martin. Uh, but we didn't get to touch on anything that came out today. It wasn't like last week where the stack was very bare. You know, I think I got like three books. And so this week, I just want to preview some of the books. Um, and yeah, so here we go. On the DC side, you have Batman 110, Justice League 64, The Nice House on the Lake number two, Wonder Girl number two, and Suicide Squad 5. Marvel, you have Amazing Spider-Man 70, Immortal Hulk 48, Avengers 46, X-Force 21, and for some reason, we have this new X-Men number one story <laughs> uh, coming out today. So over on the image side, another big week, Geiger number four, Noctera number five. On the Skybound side, you have this, I think it's 10 years of Skybound. So Skybound X number one, Carmen number five, and this new story, Ordinary Gods number one. Aftershock has Baby Teeth number 19 and Out of Body number two. Over on the Dark Horse side, leading up to the show, the new animated show by Kevin Smith, Masters of the Universe Revelations number one starts today. Boom Studios gives us Basilisk number two, Buffy the Vampire Slayer 27, and Wind number eight. And one of our favorite small publishers, AWA Artist Writers and Artisans, uh, from Frank Cho today, Fight Girls number one. Um, Sean, pretty much, just real quick, I'm really excited for Nice House on the Lake number two, mm -hmm. just to continue that story. Um, Wonder Girl to continue that story number two and Fight Girls. Excited for that one. What about you? Gotta admit, man, I do uh, look forward to Justice League. For some reason, yeah. it's definitely gravitated me a little bit. You know, the whole uh, Naomi aspect of it. I, I like it, bro. It's pretty good so it's, far. It seems like it's a big issue. People are like writing about it online. It's like the the introduction to the United. So this might be like the first issue of all of them together in a brand new like style Justice League, you know? Very excited, man. That's definitely a good one. And also, I mean, Geiger, you know, it's yeah. the Geiger number four. So I know some we're reading. I know, I mean, looking at it next to a Noctera, I know you're huge on that. You're enjoying that. So definitely got some goodies this week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the whole month of July, if I'm reading it correctly, I get almost double digits like every week. So a huge number of books for me, like nine this week, and then one week throws out like 10 or 11. Then I think uh, the 20 something of July, I think, has like 12. Mm -hmm. So no, no shortage of books in the month of July. So we we'll, can't wait to get into those. Um, I have one piece of news real quick, Sean. It seemed kind of, you know, big. But uh, the director of Superman, Lethal Weapon, and The Goonies, 
Mr. Richard Donner, he died a couple of days ago at 91 years old. Uh, when I read the article, it did not say – did not give a specific reason how he died. He also helped produce the 2000s X-Men um, movies and its prequel, X-Men Origins Wolverine. So RIP to Richard Donner, huge, huge you know, movies in, in not just my lifetime but my, even my parents back in the 70s with Superman. Crazy, crazy, bro. I seen that. Yeah, I didn't see a cause for it. And I guess also adding to that, uh, Robert Downey's his father died today. Oh wow, jeez. Yeah, but I know he, I guess, was a big time uh, director. I want to say back in the day. So, you know, another mm-hmm. sad one. Sucks, man. Yeah, I mean, that's all the news I have for this week too. And then real quick before we get into sports. Um, Department of Truth that I read last week was pretty good. I'm about 75% of the way done with this huge 80-page uh, front, uh, Infinite Frontier secret files. It's I think it's just director bones going through um, like uh, different stories of uh, of all the people that we saw in Infinite Frontier number one, like uh, uh, Obsidian and you know i think there's oh roy harper's in it you know stuff like that so uh but one i did want to pre um profile is i read it like the day i got it like wednesday or thursday but this power rangers unlimited edge of darkness by yes. our friend of the show frank gogle you know for not being a power rangers reader and just not being involved in anything power rangers since i was like eight or nine years old watching the tv show that was a damn good story it was very good it was like all filled into like one book and i will say that i mean i i don't know how much we actually want to get into it because i don't know who's actually read it but mm-hmm. i will say huh, there should be another one <laughs> i mean based on how yeah. the ending kind of was for sure for sure and what's cool is it's like he was trying to prevent he went back in time he was he was trying to prevent rita from being rita and that's like the main rita being rita you know it's, it's the main chick that we saw like when we were kids like well, even like that picture, chick. they had like the little like little diagram type of picture towards the end where they actually showed the Rita from the actual Power Rangers show and all those old characters. Like, holy yeah. crap, man. Talking about memories, flashback. Frankie did good with that. Huge nostalgia with that one. But um, uh, amazing story. Um, he said he commented on someone's uh, he commented on someone's comment on Facebook saying that he's going to get something in November. Like another either miniseries, another one shot to have to do with another Power Ranger story. So hopefully he gets to this Phantom Ranger, hopefully makes a return and he gets to write something of it. So hopefully, man. Phantom Ranger is pretty badass, man. I mean, obviously, one I'm pretty sure you're not familiar with. I'm not too familiar with it, but nah, man, he's pretty badass. I like this grand entrance for sure. Yeah. You mean like what grand entrance? No one saw him. You can even see him. (laughs) <laughs> yep. Do that, that. That you know what? You're right. That is pretty dope. That's dope. So um, as we uh, transition to um, yeah, I mean, so for the fans listening right now, obviously, you guys will hear the whole episode when it comes out for your ears. But yeah, we had most of our comic talk with Frank Martin. Thank you so much again for joining us. Uh, everyone, go to his Indiegogo for um for Polar Paradox. It's a two-issue little story. Me and Sean have read it. I'm not sure if Mark's read it, but we thoroughly enjoyed the story. It's a bomb-ass book, so please support his Indiegogo. I think it's not like Kickstarter. I think if you, um, you know, pledge money to him, I think you'll get the book. He doesn't have to, you know, raise an X amount of dollars like Kickstarter is. But please go support Frank Martin and his dream um, and his books. So, Sean, I don't know if you have one, but uh, you know, TCB fans, crack one open for sports this week. Crack one open. You know, I'm going to blame the three-day weekend for the unfortunate water for today. I mean, I don't know how much Damn, beer dude. I drank this past weekend, bro. I, you know what? I drank the one beer. How many shots beer. of tequila did we have? Let's actually talk about that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, okay, so I had the one beer because you're like, oh, what do you want, Pacifico? I was like, yeah, I'll have a Pacifico. Mm-hmm. And then throughout that, the rest of the night, six seven shots and then like as i'm leaving i forget something i had to come back and then you and then your father-in-law says hey let's have one more shot and then okay fine here's another shot of jack as i get in the car when i expect anything less from good old johnny boy but um but they were uh, we were fortunate because they were kind of like the smaller little cups so those eight shots seven eight shots were probably closer like four shots so i didn't feel too bad at all the next morning i was okay even though i'm not a huge like liquor drinker anymore i was okay the next morning yeah, I made sure it was good tequila, so you weren't going to get a hangover either way. But, I mean, what else would you expect for Fourth of July weekend? You know, beer, tequila. Yeah. If you want to talk about beer and tequila, though, let's talk about, you know, the third comic bookie, Mark. That is the definition of tequila and beer in the beautiful resorts of Mexico. I Hopefully know, dude. a great wedding for Gabe and Michelle. Congrats, guys. 
and of course Mark, the wife Patty, and our baby Lizzie. Hopefully you guys are having a great time out in Mexico being safe. We'll definitely see you guys back next week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, okay, let's get into some sports now. So we have one season that has ended as we're recording right now, and we have one season, two, nearing its end right now, and then one that's smack dab right in the middle. So let's do it. So we have the Stanley Cup final is now done. Um, the Montreal Canadiens can't get it done for the country of Canada. They salvaged a game in overtime two nights ago, but tonight – Wednesday, July 7th, 2021, your Tampa Bay Lightning are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Uh, congrats to them, but they were just too too much for Montreal, you know? And I've been, I think I've been saying it for a while, you know? Stan, I mean, Tampa Bay, I think once they lost that first round a couple years ago, mm-hmm. where they get swept in the first round by the Columbus Blue Jackets, it was like, uh-uh, that ain't happening. That yeah, ain't happening ever off. again. That's a trade-off I'll take any day, bro. Let me lose a first-rounder and win back-to-back Stanley Cups. And what you said last week, I think, you know, it it made the difference. They're just bigger and faster. Every time I turned it on, every time I'm watching the game, you just seen the more superior team was Tampa. And, you know, back-to-back champs to get the 4-1 series win. Congrats, guys. Hey, there's no reason why you can't do it again next year. Yeah, no, for real. Um, So just like Boston had it in the, you know, 2000s Tampa Bay the last couple years you know they go to the World Series they win two they win two straight uh, Stanley Cups they have a Super Bowl under their belt last couple years have been mighty mighty uh, you know good to these Tampa Bay um, fans so going from the ice to the hardwood the NBA Finals uh, game one was last night by the time people watch or listen to this this weekend or on Monday morning going to work uh, game at least game three would have already been finished but the Suns pretty much handled the the Bucks in game one. Uh, what do you think of that game? And what do you think about the series going forward, Sean? Uh, coming from an organization that, you know, they're both small market. I know they're both hungry. I mean, Giannis, he looked good yesterday, but we know he's probably not 100%. And that Suns team, man, they're just so damn good. They took like 20 more free throws, so I guess that kind of helped. But, you know, Chris Paul looks great. Eight played great. Booker looked good. And if those three are looking good, man, I think it's going to be really hard for Milwaukee. Milwaukee, um, their bench is not as good as Phoenix's. And, man, the Chris Paul, bro, the ageless wonder, he is just looking like a dog out there, just a captain with a mission, man. Mm-hmm. And I heard a name um, on the radio at lunchtime today, and I, it escapes my mind. I'm sorry, but he is he got injured for the Suns. Dario Saric. Yeah, so how do you – is that going to affect the series? Is that going to be a make or break? I, I think he played two or three minutes in game one, so, I mean, that's not – but I but throughout the season, he's playing, you know, 10, 12 minutes a game. Is it going to negatively affect the Suns that much going forward? He's definitely one of those Euro-style bigs. He's a stretch big, so he can, you know, shoot a little bit, a little bit more of a finesse player. And I think the big thing he brought was just an extra body. So, you know, when you want to protect Aiden a little bit with fouls or give him a little bit of rest, you could put, you know, Jay Crowder and Sarge on Giannis to not slow him down, but just be an extra body, buy some fouls, you know, bump and bruise him a little bit. You also got Kaminsky. So now, I mean, it's it's almost, in my opinion, kind of the same thing. Just plug and play. Kaminsky probably wouldn't have sniffed the court. But now that Sarge is hurt, he'll kind of play the same role, get his 12 to 15 minutes in maybe. He's a stretch big as well, so... I don't know. To me, not really that big of a deal, but we will see. I mean, game two, that's going to be a big game for Milwaukee. They definitely got to, you know, like we always say, win one on the road. So we'll see what happens. Yep, we'll see if Giannis can get it done against the Suns uh, tomorrow, and then we'll see what happens in games three and four this uh, this weekend and going into early next week. So everyone enjoy those games. Today was a great game in the world of soccer. Yeah, England. <laughs> Versus Denmark. Uh, Denmark almost gets it done. They almost get it done for their teammates, uh, Christian Eriksen, to go to the final. But it is not to be. England takes it 2-1 uh, to one in extra time. And they're going to the final to be played at Wembley Stadium against the Italians. Um, Sean, talk about today's game. I mean, I, I was kind of in and out. I had my phone up there. You know, I had the game on. Uh, but a lot of chances. I mean, I mean, it was kind of unlucky because both of England's goals were one. It was an own goal and one was a penalty. And for some, it was questionable penalty on Sterling. So what do you think? I think one thing we did learn from that penalty is, I mean, penalty or not, I think they have to kind of do the reverse. 
is don't call it for VAR to overturn it. You don't call it, so VAR will decide it's a penalty. Because, you know, it and kind of, you're, I don't know how to explain, but to me it's just kind of like, you couldn't overturn it to not make it a penalty, but you kind of know it wasn't a penalty. It's one of those plays at the end of the game, you pretty much kind of decided the game. Like, come on now, you can't really have a penalty to decide the game unless it's clear cut. So, I mean, I will say that, but no, hey, none against England. They're definitely the better team. I think they posed a bigger threat to Italy. I love the Cinderella story with Denmark, Ericsson, you know, the unfortunate thing that happened to him. And they just, you know, lit a flame under Denmark's ass and they had a beautiful, beautiful run. But, you know, it's true. England and Italy is a game you want to watch. There is kind of like that uh, Denmark. You don't know what could have happened if that penalty didn't happen. But England was definitely the more dominant team today. And we're getting the finals that, you know, we're kind of hoping for it based on the last four teams in the semifinals. I know you're happy. I mean, finals coming up now. We've got the big dogs. Who do you think is going to win? I know you've watched you know, the Italians play so far. They've been kind of the mm-hmm. story of really all of Europe. They haven't lost in like, what, 39 straight matches? So Yeah, it's like 32 or 33 or something like that. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if they continue their dominance and their quest for revenge by you know when they didn't even make the World Cup. But I sure know I sure as hell know that my wife is happy because she's a, so she's half Italian and then her sister uh, lives in England. So we have a huge, you know, following in England and stuff. But I don't know. I kind of want to go like if I'm going to, you know, vote with my heart, I would go England, not just because we have family in England. But if you look on the map on our downloads over the last 10 episodes, we have <laughs> some votes. we have some downloads from the United <laughs> Kingdom and not Italy. We've had uh, downloads from Italy before, but that was like a year ago. So you know what? Um, if I'm voting with my head and, you know, from what little knowledge I have of soccer watching this sport religiously over the last five, six years, I would take Italy just to ride the hot hand. You know, they're, you know, they're a hotter team right now, but if I'm going to vote with my heart, I would love to see England hoist that trophy. And it's really funny you say that because I do agree with kind of the instant, like the team that's hot, the team that's playing really well, it's Italy. But seeing what I've seen today, man, that Raheem Sterling is looking like he's back in his like ultimate yeah. prime. He's so damn quick. And talking about players like getting rid of that stigma, he can't score in the big tournaments. Harry Kane has like four or five goals already. I mean, I don't care if it's from the spot. I mean, you said it best. Show these basketball players how to follow your shot. Yes, with a penalty, you're kind of already running in that direction. <laughs> I but he know. followed his shot and he scored a penalty. He has like four goals, like I said, in this tournament. He's playing good. And all these young players, bro, Mount, he's a young player. Folden, he's a young player. Graylish, like all these guys are wonderful players. So, I mean, I'm not going to definitely, you know, slip anything by England thinking they don't have a chance because they're, they've given up one goal this whole tournament and they've looked in great on the offensive side. I mean, Rashford's on their bench. Jaden Sancho's on their bench. These are yep. stars. So, hey, bro, I think it's up for grabs. I'm, I'm kind of caught in the middle right now, but I definitely hope the English will take it. Yeah. And then when is that game? Is it Saturday or Sunday? It's going to be Sunday. Okay, so Sunday. So everyone check out that game. Oh, it's Sunday? So is it Sunday at like noon or something? So is I it going to be? I think it's going to be a noon game, bro. I want to say it was noon. I seen earlier that it was uh, on well, Sunday. And well, then I was like, okay. I don't know. If, if I'm going to have to choose, bro, I'm going to have to go the next sport that we're watching. Uh, I, yeah, uh, it's, it's soon. Uh, soon. It's Sunday at noon on ESPN. I don't know, because normally, like if it was a knockout stage, like the round of 16 or the quarterfinals, I probably would watch the uh, the Quaker State 400 presented by Walmart from Atlanta <laughs> Motor Speedway. But since it's the championship game, I'll probably have it locked on to the soccer game for sure. You almost have to, bro. It is a championship, and it's going to be a fun one, too. I mean, what we said, kind of going back to the beginning of this tournament, it's tournament time. It is soccer, and... For some odd reason, everyone becomes a soccer fan around this time. Rather, it's an excuse to drink, party, or just go out. But it's yeah. definitely been a fun tournament, man. For sure. And then a uh, good thing, too, is that this is 2021, but this is the Euro 2020. So we get another huge tournament at this time next year for the World yeah. Cup. So that's pretty awesome. So, uh, yeah, let's hit the pavement, bro. NASCAR is at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Again, like I said, for the Quaker State 400 presented by Walmart. Uh Let's, so the Road America, let's do a review on that. So it was the first <laughs> time that they were there. Uh, but like you said in pre-production, I was like, Ooh. damn, dude, it's like two minutes and 10 seconds, 11 seconds. Like, uh, oh, I've gone like 10 minutes and they've <laughs> completed four five laps. Sick. <laughs> what the hell? 
damn, bro. I mean, <laughs> wasn't, the, wasn't the first stage like 13 laps? <laughs> it was like 30. I actually had to like blink two or three times. Like, did I say 13 laps? I seen, I seen like total like 90 something laps. It was even 90, like 60. I don't know what the hell it was. 64, 60 something. Yeah, yeah. I was like, is that the first stage? Oh, no, that's the, that's the whole race. Like, but like what sucked was it's like the first like i don't know 15 20 laps you had like three or four cautions so it's like what the hell like how many laps are you wasting during this caution you know at the first 13 laps you had like three or four or five laps under caution i was like oh man this is yeah, you gotta fix that i know that's a rarity that they race at that racetrack but i mean come on now you about to have them go from a two minute like race speed freaking for a freaking caution it's gonna take like what 10 minutes to get around the damn track going like some turtles i mean yeah i know and then you go from a four over four mile two minute and 10 second lap to like i think this is a mile and a half i think this is atlanta so you have like a 33 34 second lap so this is gonna be a it's gonna be a good one this was actually i looked at the stats because you know i usually look under kyle larson first i usually say oh kyle larson how does he do good well at this track and then i kind of expand it to to you know like other drivers like every other current driver but going back to when he first raced there was 2014 it was like 2014 15 16 17 18 19 obviously didn't race the race in 2020 and then this year so this is the first time that at least kyle larson's been up in the cup series that they've ran atlanta twice this may have been just a, a new thing for 2021, especially with like seven different road courses. They might say, hey, screw it. We're not racing Fontana this year. We're not racing. We're not racing Chicagoland this year. Let's just do Atlanta twice. So I think that's what was a part of the schedule. So this usually doesn't happen Atlanta twice, but we get it this year. So this was also the race that Kyle Larson led 269 laps in the last seven to ten laps. That's all. Gave it up to Brian Blaney for his one and only win of the year. Do you see it playing out the same? Do you see it playing out differently, especially with some of these drivers that have been hot, hot lately? You have like Byron and and Kyle Busch, or do you see someone who's raced there well, but well there before? You know, like someone in Penske. I mean, you can see the experience. Oh, the Harvick's done good there. You know, Blaney obviously has that one win there. But who's, again, just been the hottest racer? I mean, yes, even last week, you know, he actually had his moments where it's like, okay, it's probably going to be Larson. And thank God, you know, Chase got to win. Hell yeah, number two on the year. Two, but, two road courses. Uh, now, hey, we have to leave that part out. But, yes, it was two road, <laughs> was dude, two they road have, courses. Hold on. T- time out. He has two road course wins this year, giving him seven for his career. The all-time leader is Jeff Gordon with nine. There's three more road courses this year. He has a chance to break the record for road courses. By the time he retires, bro, he's going to have like 30 freaking road course wins, bro. You know, I don't know why they set up the schedule with this man. You know, you can't just like, oh, we're not going to do it just because of Chase. But it's like, damn, it's almost getting (laughs) to that point. (laughs) He's a a champion last year. Then all of a sudden, oh, all of a sudden you don't have two freaking road courses. You have seven. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's like food to mouth, though. It's like, let's just set it up for the kid. But, yes, you're right. Those are his only two wins. I don't know how good he's going to fare. I mean, he only has six career races, very small sample size, so stats are kind of out the door. But he does have, like, the fourth best average finish. I'm still wrong with Larson, bro. It seems like it's kind of the easy answer, but it's kind of the most logic answer, too. He's been just the best racer this year, in my opinion, straight up. He doesn't need to be in first place for the playoff standings. I just do the eye test. He is just the most dominant racer this year. Obviously, you know, it's going to be what, a mile and a half you mentioned. So, I mean, I think it's a mile and a half. Yep. So, I mean, you have, I think he's starting sixth. Uh, so I, I think that there's not going to be any practice or qualifying. They already have the grid uh, set. Chase Elliott being the winner from last week takes the poll for this weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a re- really interesting race. It's going to be see. It's going to be interesting to see if Kyle Larson can repeat what he did earlier in the spring. Chase is going home though too. He is a Georgia boy, I believe. So mm-hmm. yeah. So, this is so you know, I, I give him that. And you know, if you want to kind of like shut up the critics, uh-huh, Mike, <laughs> just the road course wins. I mean, that'd be nice. But you know, it, it is kind of hard to go against Larson at this point, bro. I mean, even when we were going through some of those playoff standings. You don't realize how good some of these races are doing. Like Kyle, he is looking good. Kyle Busch this year with two wins, and he actually has a good little history here with two wins. Uh, even his brother Kurt, he has three wins. Yeah, huge sample size. But, you know, I'm interested to see, like, what a Logano is going to be doing. Someone who, like, you haven't been hearing too, too much like the past couple races. But he had his moment this season where he was dominating for a while, too. So maybe he can get back on his shrine. But we'll see, bro. 
Yeah, Logano, I think it was Keselowski. He was the one who was kind of in front of Larson at the very end. So he was about to go a lap down. So he kind of was slowing down Larson to uh, enable Blaney to pass him. I mean, that wasn't the only reason. I think Kyle Larson just kind of <laughs> lost it. But he finished first place in stage one, first place in stage two. And then just something happened. He just his his car just got a little bit slower. So maybe he takes it easy a little bit throughout the race. And then he goes ahead and turns it up for the like, you know, the last 15, 20 laps and, and takes a win. If I were a gambling man, if there were odds on him having a top three or top five finish, I would take that in a heartbeat. Maybe I don't get as good odds for a win. And you know what? I may get worse odds for a top three and top five because that's you know you have a bigger chance of getting that but i would take that for sure whatever money i as long as it's not minus money and it may very well be but i would guarantee larson as long as he doesn't crash or have some kind of like you know engine problem or flat tire like he had at pocono i'd almost guarantee him to get a top five maybe even a top three. Oh yeah if it's you know plus odds of him placing that's uh, do you want free money sir <laughs> you know you're almost asking yeah. yourself that, so that's definitely a good one. Now looking at, you know, obviously the grid, is there any, like, sleeper racer? You're like, okay, maybe he can make some noise. You know, it is true. We're kind of getting closer, closer to the playoffs. And I know we even talked earlier, like, some of these racers, you know, if it wasn't for that win, would that guy be in? Well, you know, who is a racer without a win that kind of needs that one to get in? You know, um, Harvick needs one. Hamlin needs one. Kurt Busch is down there like in the teens, so he could definitely use one. You said that he had a handful of wins, uh, a couple wins there at Atlanta. But, man, I just can't get Kyle Busch out of my head. He won that second race. He was up there in the first race of Pocono. He won the second race in Pocono. Then he goes and wins the Road America for the Xfinity Series on Saturday last week. Sure. And then also I think I think he finished – does he finish second to Chase on Sunday? I believe it was him, yes. It, it was him and Chase like half the race, like the whole day. I thought he was like, oh, shoot, I don't even need to watch this. Like Bush is going to win his, his uh, you know, his th- this race again. So, I've, you know, I'm always against a Toyota. I'm always against the JGR car. But, man, Kyle Bush has been racing really well. And even you said he's got like, what, nine top five finishes this year. He's up there with like two or three wins. He's like in third or fourth place in the standings right now. It's crazy, bro. Yeah, that guy, I, I remember for a while, like, in the first half of the season, we're like, this guy isn't looking too good. I don't know what's going to happen. Is he going to get a win soon? And he's just completely flipped the script. It is crazy, bro. I mean, I, well, you know, at one point we are talking about every race is a new winner, and now it's starting to kind of level out a little bit, you know. Obviously, we've had some multiple winners. We talked about Bowman having three wins, and, you know, Kyle obviously has a couple wins. Larson, he's at, what, three wins, I think, this year already? Four. Mm-hmm. Four. Oh, oh, sorry. Four. So, I mean, with a chance of five. Yeah, bro. We'll see. I'm definitely with you though on Larson. I mean, betting man, the place, but I actually think he's going to win again. Well, all right. There you have it, folks. Uh, we've talked to Frank Martin about his Polar Paradox book. We talked a little bit of comic books, a little bit of entertainment. Uh, Sean, I think we didn't get into Loki, um, but let's do episodes uh, four and five next Ooh. week. I'm with Let's you on that, that, brother. Let's do that because we have a guest also. Um, his name is uh, – his first name is Jack. I'm so sorry I'm forgetting his last name. But uh, this is a uh, bar and nightclub owner turned comic book writer during the pandemic. So this is a very, very interesting uh, guest that we have next week. He's also into sports, gambling, fantasy football. So this is a – you know, it looks like the fourth comic book he's going to be joining us next week on the 14th. Uh, but everyone enjoy the NBA Finals this weekend, the Euro Final also this week – also also this weekend. And, of course, NASCAR is down in the dirty, dirty south. So, uh, Sean, take us away for episode 119. Episode 119, man. It's been special. It's been a fun one. Thank you, Frank Martin, again for joining us. A great episode. Definitely a great interview. Everyone check out his most recent book, A Polar Paradox. It is completely, completely awesome. We loved it. To the fans, again, thank you to the listeners, the ones that will be listening. You know, Check out our YouTube. Check out the Twitch page. We're always live week in and week out. Yeah, just thank you. Keep interacting with us as we always hope you guys do. Keep sending us questions, recommendations, and keep just, you know, throwing out some topics if there's things you guys want to talk about, not just nationwide, but global. We want to keep stamping that passport. We love you guys. Check out episode 120 next week. Uh, One stat that I can report, no new countries this week, but I can report that 
New York is in the top three for the last ten episodes, and the city of Las Vegas has cracked the top Ooh. five. So thank you to uh, our buddy out there, Forrest. We will, we will be seeing you in late September for that Las, the second Las Vegas race. Uh, but for Mark, who's still in Mexico, he'll be back next week. And for Sean, everyone, please enjoy the weekend. And all as always, enjoy the sports, enjoy the comics, and enjoy each other. Peace the hell out. I'm going to go barbecue something. Peace. And like Mark says, always enjoy each other. And he would never believe that we are ending this recording right now before 10 o'clock p.m. Holy crap, that never happens. Peace out, guys. Noches. Noches.